Come on, stand to your feet. And while you're standing, go ahead and turn to Luke's gospel. Uh, you can start recording now. Uh, the Luke's gospel, chapter number 16. Uh, Luke's gospel, chapter number 16. When you arrive, you can say amen. Uh, we're going to read a couple of verses there. And he also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Verse 10, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Let's pray. Father, thank you. God, I praise you. I worship you. Because your word brings light. The scripture says the entrance of thy word bringeth light. So God, I pray that you would enlighten every heart this morning. That God, that you would send your yoke-bearing, yoke-breaking power and destroy every stronghold that is set post in the hearts of your people. I pray today that your people will be set free by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. That that we will be the kind of people that you called us to be, making a difference, changing lives, promoting the gospel of the kingdom, and seeing this world turn to Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand as your servant. Use me, embolden me, empower me to speak words of light. That, Father, the words that come out of my mouth will be inspired of the Holy Ghost. And that that word will change us for the better. God, we love you. We anticipate it. And we thank you for it. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Well, we are coming to a close of our series entitled Conquering Giants. And so by way of recap, we dealt first with conquering fear in our first week. Uh, secondly, we dealt with conquering unbelief. We talked about that faith is a starting point with God. Amen? You must have faith. You must believe God if things are going to happen in your life. We even dealt with this issue of temptation. Has anybody ever been tempted in life? We dealt, we gave some practical uh, uh, ways to overcome temptation. And then last week, we dealt with a very important subject. If you weren't here last week, it was a good message. I went back and listened to it myself online, and it helped me. Hallelujah. And I, I don't do that too often. But, but, but conquering failure. 
And we talked about last week how everybody at some point in life, you're going to fail. And we talked about the importance of getting up, how, how God says the righteous falls seven times, but he does keep getting back up. Haven't you got some get up in you this morning? Amen. Uh, so today we're going to close this series with talking about debt. How many know that is a giant for a lot of folk? I was uh, thinking about and meditating on this particular uh, uh, sermon that I'm going to be preaching this morning. And, and as I thought about the series, I said it was like the elephant in the room. It was no way that I can talk about the giants that we all face without dealing with this issue of debt. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. And I pray that your hearts will be open. How many of you really want to be free? Now, now, some of you, listen to me, hear me, hear me well. I'm going to give you some practical, one thing about this church, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this about the church. See, we're, we're, not, we're not the most charismatic church. Uh, we're not the most gifted church. But I will say this about our church. One thing I do know is that we meet you where you live. And that we preach about those things that will set you free. And I understand and I know that our culture promotes debt. How many of you know you get credit cards in the mail? I call them uh, predators, not creditors. Uh, you know, and they had to come up with a law with that. But, but the whole system is designed to put you in debt. And how many of you know debt is an angry slave master? Debt has no mercy on you. In fact, I was thinking about this as I was meditating on this sermon. I was, thinking, I was asking God for an illustration. Lo and behold, he gave me one. I was walking my dog, walking my puppy. Anybody who ever raised a puppy, you know how difficult it is to train them to walk on a leash. Because naturally, dogs don't like leashes. When I first got my first puppy, I put a leash on him. I said, you're a dog. Dog stopped pulling away. You're a dog. You're supposed to like the leash. Dog didn't want nothing to do with the leash. And so it was a fight. From the moment that we got Coco, my puppy, let me tell you, it was a fight. I walked that dog, and she'll go to the mail. I get her far to the mailbox, and she'll stop, and she'll sit there. And I say, you coming. And she'll look at me, and I look at her, and I say, you can come on. And I drag her. You know why? Because I'm bigger. I'm stronger than her. She had to come. See, that is kind of like that. That is like your master. Let me know that for that dog, Coco, uh, I tell Coco when to walk. I tell Coco when to talk. I tell Coco when she go to sleep. I tell Coco when she's to get up. I tell Coco when she's to play. In other words, I control Coco. I'm her master. And when master shows up, you're going to do what I say. Uh, how many know that debt is the same way? For many people, debt is a slave master. Debt has told you when you can play. Debt has told you when you can rise up in the morning. It tells you when to eat. And sometimes it tells you don't even go to bed at night. How many know that debt is an angry slave master? And we're going to cut it at the roots today. Because here's what I understand, that, that the Satan, I believe that a lot of this is demonic. I really believe it. And, and, and because we have been programmed, we have been programmed to think that it's okay to live and be in debt. You see, so I want you to understand something this morning. This sermon is not about teaching you to be a good debt manager. This sermon is about teaching us the importance of getting out of debt so that we can be free. How many have ever bought a car? Walked into a dealership and bought a car. How many have ever bought a car cash money? Let me tell you something. Try this. If you ever walked into a car dealership <laughs> and, and, and and, 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 and you tell them, say, look, I want this car on the lot. And, uh, and, I, and you say, well, this is how much cash I got, and I'm paying for it for cash. How many know that you got power? How, how many know you got much more bargaining power? Why? Because you got cash. See, see, see when you don't have creditors, 
that are overbearing on us. I mean, and they know this when you walk in the door. They know. Oh, God, I got blessed. I got by driving me a new car, 50% interest, but I'm blessed. You ain't blessed. You've been tricked. You've been duped. That's right. Hoodwink. Call it out. The God, how many know you paying twice as much for something that depreciates? And the enemy knows it. And then a lot of times we struggle to even make the payment because all we wanted to do was just drive the car. You got the car. You got the car. But you got something else too. You got a debt collector. How many know when you don't pay your bill on time, how many know they're coming for you? Oh, yeah, they'll send a warrant for your arrest. They will hunt you down. They will call you on the phone. They will say, where are you? Where's your last payment? You were like, how many know? They will find you, and that good old sweet feeling you had when you drove off suddenly disappeared. Isn't that how the enemy does it? The enemy, he tricks us. So debt is a destroyer. Debt, every time we're going to talk, we're going to give you a couple of verses in the Bible to kind of validate my point. But whenever the Bible talks about debt, it always talks about debt in a negative sense. Always. Now, there's some good debt and bad debt, and I say that very cautiously because I know the arguments, and I know that in some cases there might be a necessary reason why we need to do that. But I still say it's always better that you be free, amen? It's always better when you can pay it for cash, amen? How many know it's always better? It was good for me, hallelujah. When I went on vacation, I went to the bank, I got all cash money. And how many know I came back happy? At vacation, came back home happy. Because I ain't got to worry about nobody. See, many marriages have been destroyed. Families have been destroyed. People have derived health problems and health issues because of debt. How many know that one of the number one destroyers of marriages is debt problems, debt, financial hardship? And we can try to act like the elephant is not in the room, try to act like it ain't there. But, but listen, I refuse to pastor people. And listen, I'm not going to stand before you and try to ignore the obvious. I'm gonna, we're going to deal with this. Though. How many know that we're talking about, um, we talking about conquering giants? Amen. We're going to deal with the giant. We, listen, God wants you free. God wants his people free. Believe that. Receive that. Satan says, I've come. Listen, Jesus said this concerning Satan, that he's come, listen, to destroy your life. But Jesus says, I came that you might have life more abundantly to the field. How many know it's not abundant living when you can't pay your bills, when you are struggling and you can't go to sleep at night and you are depressed and you are worried because debt got a hold on you. Church, it is not God's will for you to live that way. I got one amen. I'll preach to everybody up in here and say amen. It's not God's will. God wants you to be free. But see, it, it has to be some mind changes. Well, God, you know, because God is a miracle-working God, and we all know that, and I'm going ahead of myself. But, 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 but you know what? The, you know, but God is more about changing our character, changing our attitude. How many know that, 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 that until a person's heart gets changed, they may get set free, but they're not really free yet until they get a heart change. You, you follow what I'm saying? Does something change deep down on the inside? And so let's call debt what it is. It is something that we ought to try to avoid as much as possible. The, the fact of the matter is, there are some of those cases where people who have been good stewards watched over their resources and, and, and things happened, they lost a job and and, and they fell on hard times and things began to get really got hard. That's one aspect. But I would say that the vast majority of people, of God's people, too many of God's people, too many of God's people, the reason why we're in debt is because of poor money management. And if listen to me, and we got to be honest, we have to be honest. Listen to me. I know what it's like 
I know what it's like a few years ago when I was going up and down to Disney World. My wife's going to kill. I was up and down to Disney Well, I want to go to Disney World. This is like in 2000. Every time I went on vacation, I charged a credit card. How many know Disney expensive? It's almost Christmas time. What do we do for Christmas? People go into debt. Man, I just got to get a gift, and we go into debt. And you're happy giving that gift, but then when that bill comes, everything changes. Why'd you spend that? Who told you to spend that? Now everybody's upset. Why? Because the debt monster have come in. How many know he's a slave master? We're going to deal with it. Look at Romans 13, 8. We're going to read a couple of verses. I'm going to take my, my, my coat off. We're going to battle a little bit in the spirit. Hallelujah. Y'all see it with me? Say amen. amen. Ain't nobody upset. Ain't nobody man. We're going to get free. Amen. Here we go. Thank you, brother. Romans 13, 8 says this. Owe no one anything. All right? <laughs> Except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. So here's what Paul's saying. Here's what Paul's general disposition. Here's what he says: Oh, no man, nothing. How do we know that? Think I'm imagining owing nobody nothing. Can, you, can y'all just go there with me for a moment? Can y'all can y'all just envision that? What do you think? What is that? Okay, go to your happy place right now. You ready? One, two, three, go there. I owe nobody nothing. Think about it. Imagine. Doesn't that feel good? That means you can go where you want to go. That means when the man of God, when God calls, said, look, we got to go send some folks to Africa to reach some people who don't know Jesus. Man, you got the money. You can do it. Somebody got a need. Somebody's hurting. You're not sitting there saying, I wish I could help. You can help. Because you owe no Body, nothing. Oh, I'm going to keep with this. Paul says to owe no man nothing but accept to love. Proverbs 22, 7 says the rich rules over the poor. Listen to me. And the borrower is servant to the lender. All right. The borrower is servant to the lender. Now, understand, no matter, for whatever reason we get in debt, whether it was a good reason to purchase a car, purchase a house, whatever the case might be, understand that you are still servant to the lender. And if you don't believe me, be late one time. Be late. Be, I, be, be late. They come, come for you. You realize that right then and there, man, they, they got me. Deuteronomy 28, 13. I need a couple of verses dive I messed up one, so just, just bear with me, Larry. Uh, Deuteronomy, I think it's Deuteronomy 12, actually. Deuteronomy 12, uh, 28, 12. Write this verse down. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. How many of you want God to open you good treasure? How many of God wants you blessed? Oh, he wants you blessed. If you don't believe it, I believe it. The heavens, listen to me. The Lord will open up the heavens, will open, will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. Watch this. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not what? Borrow. He's talking to the children of Israel. He's speaking there about the place of blessing. How many know it's blessed to give? He's saying that, listen, he's talking about the children of Israel. He says, part of your blessing, your DNA, what your inheritance is, you're not going to be a person asking. You're going to be a person giving. Y'all heard the testimony this morning. I hadn't talked to the brother. Y'all heard, y'all heard the offering testimony he gave this morning? He talked about how that, that he's able to give, that he's not the tail. Did y'all hear Brother Walter say that? Am I the only one in this room? Did we hear him say that? I did. did I talk to you about this sermon? No. He had no idea. How many know God wants you to be the head and not the tail? God wants you to be above and not beneath. God wants us to be in a place where they got to come to us to get money. How many know it's a bad testimony when the church is so jacked, listen, that, that, that we can't even fulfill our own obligations? That we're so tied down that we can't even do the work of God? How many know the devil is a liar? It's time to stop it now. And we're going to, listen, I'm going to help. The Holy Ghost is going to help us today. So, Pastor, why are you mad? Because I hate the devil. I ain't mad at you. I'm mad at the devil because he's a liar. I grew up in the country. We were promoted. Listen, we were raised on debt. 
We had no, let me tell you something, until you get taught how to, I made many mistakes in my life because nobody ever taught me. Even after I got saved for a while, I still did the same old dumb thing. Is there anybody else that ever did that? Amen. Mm. Deuteronomy 28, 43. Watch this. He said this. Watch this. This is in the place where we're not blessed. Here's what he's saying. Deuteronomy 28, verses 43 to 44. The alien who is among you rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come lower and lower, and you shall and he shall lend to you, and you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. That's talking about the place of not being blessed. God says, no, the place of blessing is, watch this, that, listen to me, that the debt, that, 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 that I'm not controlled by the spirit of debt. You see, now let, let me just set some things straight because some folks might be a little bit confused. Now, the Bible does not explicitly, everybody say explicitly, if you can get all that out. It doesn't uh, explicitly command us against all forms of debt, but the Bible warns against debt and extols the virtue of not being in debt, but it does not necessarily forbid debt. Now listen to this. When we talk about debt, when we, are, we have to accumulate debt for whatever reason, the minimum that we should be able to do is to be able to manage our resources and pay our bills on time. Amen? The least that we should be able to do is not be so into debt that we can't even do the things that, 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 that we need to be doing. That, that we need to be able to meet our obligations. That we are not like that image, that picture I gave you earlier about debt being your slave master. How many know that when debt is your slave master, that's a bad feeling? No, it's a bad feeling. So even though the Bible doesn't explicitly, you know, the Bible doesn't explicitly tell, talk about a whole lot of things, does it? The Bible doesn't really talk about brushing your teeth, but you know you ought to brush your teeth. I'm just saying, right? So many scriptures say brush your teeth, but you brush them, right? Because you just know you ought to do that. The Bible, listen to me, how many know it's always better? Everybody say better. better. Say it nice enough. Say better. better. It's always better to be out of debt than to have debt. Are you tracking with me? So we need to avoid debt as much as possible. Don't take the bait. There's sometimes you may have to do it, but there's a lot of times. How many of you have, have gone into debt on stuff and you know that really you didn't really have to do it, but you did it because you lusted? Because you know why? Because I worked all my life and I deserve me a good, I'm going. I am going to Jamaica. I'm going to, if I got the charge, I'm going. I, des I work hard. I deserve to take care of me. I, I'm not going to struggle all my life. <laughs> really? You see how the devil does? And then we find ourselves struggling because debt spills over into every other area of your life. Here's the hard facts, church. The whole nation, they talk about, you ever listen to political arguments? One thing they say that is true, that our country, the United States of America, forget what political persuasion you are. That's not what I'm talking about. But we are 16, 17, 18 trillion dollars in debt. And in a lot of ways, think it's okay. And it threatens our democracy. Everybody knows it, but we keep what? Charging it. Charging it. And the people keep running to get credit cards, to get credit cards, to get credit cards. Only to know and only to come back and realize, like my sister said earlier, that we've been hoodwinked. They catch up with you. How I many know at some point the devil will catch up with you? He will always slip you some on a. Tell me you know, what the devil shows you initially ain't never good. How I many, listen to me, if it look good, probably ain't. I'm just saying, when the devil. When he plays mind games with us, he's always show us. You know, he never, I was laughing at this commercial because, I, I, you know, every time I saw it, I shouldn't say I was laughing, but I was laughing. But y'all have seen the commercial where they showed a lady who, who smoked all her life, 
And then they show a commercial, she'd take her wig off, she'd take her throat, she got a trachea, she got a big hole, she got no hair, she got no teeth, she had to do all this, can you, you know what I'm talking about? But you know, when, it, when, the, de when the devil, when, 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 the, when they first showed the cigarette, they showed, oh, look at this, smoking cigarette. You, you never notice that anybody who's smoking a cigarette, they always look good. The movie stars. Man, that looks sexy. Wow, look at that. But they never show you the folks that battling with got lung cancer walking around with those little tubes. Amen. Amen. It's, that's how the devil do you. I'm not talking about smoking as a sin. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying how the devil, how, how the devil plays tricks with us. Yeah. That we got to be wise. I mean, though, the Jesus said that the children of this world are more shrewd, more wiser than the children of light. It ought not be that way. Come on, church. We ought to know better. Look at the name and say, we know better. We got to do better. All right, so here's, here's how we're going to tame my debt. Here's how we're going to tame my debt. You ready to get your pen pencil handy? I promise you. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you take these principles and you apply them, and you do that, your life would never be the same. Some of you were here, and you would be like, okay, pastor, I'm good. Some of you are going to listen, but I ain't going to change none. I'm, I'm all right. I'm going to stay where I am. And you know what? My answer to you, you stay where you're at. Jesus did love you, but you're going to struggle. We're talking about freedom, God's style. Number one, the first thing we got to do, we're going to tame our debt. We're talking about bad debt. We're talking about bad management. We're talking about not uh, being good stewards of our resources. The first thing we got to do is repent of bad stewardship. Repent. How many know there ain't but one thing you do when you know you've blown it, right? Repent. Say, Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. God, I'm the one. Listen, if greed or lust was your problem and you had to have it, how many have ever had the, I got to have it? I got to have it. I got, I want it. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, we just need to repent. Say, Lord, you know what? God, I, I, I blew it. You know what? God, how many know God to give mercy to a person? that can, The Bible says that if you confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse from all unrighteousness. Isn't that a good thing? The Bible, Proverbs says this. Proverbs, write it down. I don't have time to turn there. Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever confess and forsake his sin will have mercy. How many of you want God's mercy? Amen. Then every time you blow it, just tell him you did it. Don't try to cover it up. Listen, it ain't her fault. It ain't his fault. All right? It's your fault. Look at the name says your fault. <laughs> we just need to be honest. Confession. Confession is good for the soul. And then here's a big one. Number two. Listen to me. You got to do this. Got to do this. Embrace stewardship. Everybody say this with me. Embrace, Embrace. Stewardship. stewardship. Say it again. Embrace, Embrace. stewardship. Now, here's what I mean by this idea of embracing stewardship. Hear me. Are y'all still listening? Say amen. See, Luke 16:2 says, remember, we read the parable of the guy who was not a really good steward. It says in Luke 16, 2, so he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account for your what? Stewardship. How many know that every one of us is going to have to give an account for our stewardship? Ah, every one of us is going to have to give an account for the money. Here's the first thing that every Christian struggles with. Trust me, I've been saved for 24 years. I know what I'm talking about. Every Christian struggles with this idea of relinquishing control of their money to God. At some point in your walk with God, it's a struggle. The Bible says the earth, Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and everything that's in it. Church, look around you. It all belongs to God. He made everything. Now hear this. If I, listen to me, if I am a manager and I am a steward, it means that it don't belongs to me. You must develop, are you hearing me? I feel like I'm preaching by my, are you hearing me? You must develop a deep held conviction that the money that you make, yes, that you get out of the bed for, the job that you got, the job, the car that you drive every day to the job and put in the hours, you must develop that conviction that none of it belongs to you. It belongs to God. You got to, you got to get there. 
If you don't get there, nothing else, nothing else will make sense in this message. Amen. If, you don't, if you don't understand that this is not my money, this stuff is not my, it doesn't belong to me. The Bible says the earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof. He said that give an account for our stewardship. The Bible says all of us one day is going to have to talk to God. And, and I said this before, but we have a tendency sometimes as church folk is, is, that, is that we get in the kingdom. Man, we know we got to work on our attitude. Amen. We know we got to work on our character. Some of us, you know, we allow the Holy Spirit to work on that. But something about that money, we just allow our money just to go buck wild. For lack of better words, I'm sorry. I didn't know what else. You know, you know, I, I, you know. So, 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 you know so, oh, once we were saved, we're sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. All that good stuff, speaking in tongues, yeah, 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 all that. But then on the other side, we never ever brought our money under subjection of the Holy Ghost. We left that part on the outside and said, you just kept running amok with that, but said, well, I'm going to keep going. But, but you're running amok over here. And the reality of it is, is God is concerned your whole life belongs to him and your stewardship matters. You're going to be rewarded in heaven, me and you, based on how we handled his stuff. It's not yours. You got to get that in your spirit. It don't belong to you. That's why some people, when you talk about tithes and offerings, some people get upset. You know why people get upset? Let's tell the truth. Tell the truth. You get upset because you think it's yours. Because when you know it don't belong, you don't bother you. Because you, even if you ain't doing right, you know you ought to do right. And it won't bother you because I know it belongs to him. I'm preaching better than you letting on right now. It all belongs to him. It's his. But see, if we don't develop that conviction, we get mad every time somebody says something. Like, like, listen to me, what do you have to God that your God didn't give it to you? The house you live in, it ain't even yours. I don't care how much money you make, it don't belong to you. It don't. Even the wicked don't even realize it, but the wicked, that money he got, it don't belong to the Bible. said the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. They just don't know it yet. See, that's why the children of God ought to act. And you want to argue about giving God 10%. I, left, I don't even get in an argument no more. Christian, wanna have, let's have a debate. Debate by yourself. I don't get into that no more. I don't I ain't gonna get in no debate with you about it. Well, you know, you know, you know but that's in the Old Testament. Why is you going to argue about that when it all belonged to him anyway? Really? 10 cents out of every dollar. We're going to have an argument. 10 cents. God said, I'll turn your life around on a dollar. Ten cents out of a dollar. Amen. Ten cents out of every dollar. My God, give God ten percent. <laughs> really? I mean, even if you don't necessarily believe in a theological argument, why would you argue about it? Because it all belongs to him anyway. And you can't get blessed by giving to him. Oh, somebody say, bless God. I told you, I'm bringing it this morning. Hallelujah. Now listen, watch this now. Watch, watch. So we got to embrace this idea. Number three. Oh, shucks. We got to pray and allow God to lead us out of that. Pray and allow God. Here's what I mean by that. Why, well, Pastor, why do you say that? Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Y'all love this verse, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Come on, y'all can say that verse in your sleep. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. But everybody knew that verse, right? Amen. But you know what? That's some tough shoes to feel. Because, boy, that's really hard to do, isn't it? To trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means to, to jump with no restraints. <laughs> Oh, he said, in all your ways, acknowledge. And so what we have been accustomed to doing is, here's what, here's what we need to start doing. We're going to get out of debt. We're going to be a debt-free people. Then the first thing we need to do, we need to develop a mindset like this. Here's how we need to think. First of all, we need to say, God, I'm going to, include, I'm going to ask God, God, here's what I would like to do with your money. Is it okay? God, here's what I choose. God, is it okay? See, every time you go back to God and you talk to God about his money, it's not so much that God need to hear that because how many know God already knows he is? God don't need you to tell him. But it's more so for you, for me, because we forget. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, we do forget. 
Because the world and mindset, everybody think, everybody think it's all this. How I many know the children are like, we all, we know better. We know this. We know this earth is fleeting away. We, we, listen to me. If you got all your eggs in this basket, you are just lost. How I many know this world is going down? Open your eyes and see. Put your hope in Jesus. Jesus, that's it. Put your money. You know the best way to put your hope in Jesus is to put your money there. When you put your money there, you said it. Put your, you ever hear this, this slogan, put your money where your mouth is? Come on, if you really believe, you give. Come on. Put your money. You, you invest. We invest in what's important to you. How many of you say the kingdom of God is important to you? It's important to you. You got to put it first. You, you got to make a decision. Number four, develop. Listen to me. You're going to get out of debt. Watch this. Develop, develop a debt repayment plan. Watch this. Some of y'all know this verse in the Bible. Psalm 37, 21. You got that one? Psalm 37, 21. Look at this. The wicked, everybody say the wicked. The wicked borrows and does not what? The Bible says it's wicked to borrow money and don't pay it back. The wicked borrows, watch this, and don't, and don't repay. How many know that that ain't who we supposed to be? Oh, y'all, y'all. I got the word of God behind me. Y'all don't have to. Listen, the Bible said the wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous, come on, shows mercy in what? He gives. How many know that if we're really going to get free, we got to develop a debt repayment plan? We got to develop some plan. How, how, many, how many of you are allergic to plans? Well, well, if I get a plan, then the Holy Ghost, I won't leave no room for the Holy Ghost. That's how some people think. No, seriously, people think like, wait, I don't need no plan, I just need to trust the Holy Ghost. Okay, stay with that. <laughs> stay with that. Stay with that. Trusting the Holy Ghost don't mean you don't develop no plan. Folk, don't let the devil trick you. God, I told you before, I'm going to tell you again. God made, listen, that thing between your ears, God gave that to you for a reason. You better use it. You better exercise it. Sit down and develop a plan. Here's what you do. Here's what, here's what we do. Whatever the highest, listen to me, this is some practical stuff. You may say, Pastor, I can't pay. No, okay, start, how many know you can start somewhere? Start with the one that got the highest interest and work your way down. How many know it's good? Let me tell you something. I remember this. When I paid for my van, I don't know, four or five years ago, I don't know. Man, that was a good feeling. When I, walked, I had the deed. Hey, come on, somebody know what I'm talking about. I, I own it. That little red thing y'all laugh at coming down the road because everybody sees it all over the world. I passed it. I know it's all you. Whatever. Okay. It's painful. <laughs> I told my wife, we're going to drive it till the wheels fall off. Amen. It's painful, baby. I know what it's like to have a four or $500 car payment a month. Amen. Oh, I, but I ain't in a rush to get back for under that demon. I call it what it is for me. That's what it was for me. I know what it's like. I know right for a lady. It feels good. Yeah, every now and then I get mad at the, at the, at the folks over there that charge me a thousand bucks to do a little work. I'm like, what? And I said, but it's still better to pay the thousand to fix it now than to pay months and years of, of, of car payment. I'm just saying, listen to me, it's better to be debt free. All right, I was going, I got to keep going because some of y'all, some of y'all just really upset. I can see it on your faces. I got to keep going. Okay. Okay, so you got to develop a plan, right? Um, it didn't take you a month to get into debt, so it ain't going to take you a month to get out. But how many know, start somewhere. You may have a debt that may be $10, pay that. Hey, ask Sister April, she'll give you 10 bucks to pay that. Start there. No, she won't. Stop it. Stop it. Number five, hey, we're going to conquer this giant debt. This is, this is practical. Listen, call your creditors. Call your creditors. If you say sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, if the creditor called the phone, pick it up. Listen to me. Well, well, tell him ain't here. Well, you just double, double sin. <laughs> You're telling your kids to lie, or whoever, your husband or your spouse. If a creditor call you, you know what? Just say, look, I, I, I'm struggling right now. I, I made some bad choices. I need some mercy. I mean, no, the God will be with you. 
But listen, we should not be shucking and jiving, ducking and hiding. Listen, if we listen to me, we borrow money from them. They have a right to get their money back. Amen. Am I right about it? Amen. So why are you going to run and try to look, face it. Hey, I'm sorry. Who knows? They might even forgive you for the debt. The Bible says in Luke 6, 38, um, give and shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaking together, running over. God will call men to give unto you. You never know what God will do. Amen. Ask for mercy. Believe God that God will just cancel the debt. God can do that too. Amen. But listen to me. If you're going to be running, that ain't. The Bible said the righteous are bold as a lion. We ain't got no business running. Listen, if, I'm a, listen, if, I'm, a, if I'm a man and I got it, I went and I signed it, I'm going to be a man and pick up the phone. What's up? I'm sorry. You don't have to send nobody after me. Here I am. Man and woman of God, you love Jesus, got the anointing all over you, pick up the phone. Amen. Amen. Call them. Make a deal. Talk to them. Don't let the devil, the devil want to see you run. He want to instill fear in you. See, see the devil don't want me to preach. Last night I was telling Sister Diva, I was preparing, to, you know, I lost my whole, just about my whole sermon last night. And I had been working on it all through the day. I was so mad. I said, devil, it don't matter. This is going to come out. You had to kill me to, get, to keep this in. This is, this is coming out. The devil don't want you to hear this because this is the practical stuff. How many know that we need to be people of integrity? And we face it. And listen, you're going to deal with a giant. You can't keep ignoring the elephant in the room. Come on, somebody. If there's a problem, deal with it. If you, listen to me. If you're sick, you don't want to go to the doctor, that's stupid. Go to the doctor. Don't tell well, I just hope. No. The Holy Spirit revealed that you're sick. Amen. Go to the doctor. I'm just waiting on the Holy Ghost to heal me. Okay, maybe he'll heal you on your way to the doctor. I'm just saying, the Holy Ghost, people, people, I mean, the Holy Ghost gonna be mad when we get to heaven because we blame a lot of stuff on the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gonna hold us accountable. All right, number six, here's the big one. We talked about this a little while ago, and I'm gonna explain to you why I say this. Commit to tie 10% of your income minimal to the work of the Lord during this period of time. Now, let me, let me explain to you why I say this. Because the Bible says, first of all, let me read this verse, Malachi 3, verses 10 through 11. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this. See, that, you should circle that one right there. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the what? Windows of heaven and do what? Pour you out such a, isn't that what Walter was talking about earlier? The devil will not be room enough to what? Receive. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Says the Lord of hosts. Now, now here's, I'm a, let's be real practical. Because I'm a very practical person. A pastor, you don't understand. I'm in so far debt that, that um, you know, I can't afford to tithe. I've heard that many times. And people mean well. I just can't afford. I'm just, I'm just, I got. But here's my argument with that. If a person got cancer, God forbid anybody have cancer. We're not speaking that over, over anybody. But if a person have cancer and all the pharmacist does is give them a prescription for the pain, what have you really done? You've managed the pain. You've dealt with the symptom, right? But they haven't dealt with the root of the problem. The root of the problem is I got cancer. I need to get healed. See, the root of the problem as it relates to our money for a lot of God's people is that we haven't honored God first in our money. That's the truth. That's why a lot of us are in the situation. Maybe we just came in the kingdom last year, last week, but whatever the case might be, we haven't put God first by giving him his first. How many know the Bible says all things are held together by the word of his power? How many of you believe that all things are held together by his word? So watch this. So, so hear this. Hear this now. Hear this. So my counsel to people is general, generally this, is that you got to start somewhere. How many know you got debt? You got to start somewhere to pay it off, don't you? Amen. Here's my thing. Start with God first. 
You got to pay somebody, right? Start there. Let's start with God first. And listen, make a decision to follow God and honor God this way and don't go back. Listen to me. God says, I will open up the window and bless you. Let me know that you don't know what God will do when you decide to trust him. You don't know. I know that I, I want to have him on my side. And I think it's going to be awfully hard for God to see you struggling, barely can pay your bills, and yet you are still honoring him. I cannot believe that God will leave you out in the cold. Amen. He is a faithful God. He is, I'm standing here today as a witness. He is a faithful God. So I tell him, here's my counsel. Start right where you are. Just start. See, so, so in other words, I've made mistakes, and part of the problem was I didn't honor God first. So you know what? I'm going to start right there. I'm going to build off of a good foundation. Good. Well, you know, I'm going to start giving God 10% next week, next year. You know what? Two, three years coming in a row here, we're still arguing to God. 10% is just a, it's just, it's just a, it's just a symbolic. It's, it's a blessing. But, but I want you to understand something, that every time you give God resources that way, it's a constant reminder that you're trusting in him. Amen. Every time you tithe, all you're saying to God, God, I'm trusting in you. I don't know how I'm going to make it. God, I have no clue. Some of us, we did a tithing challenge last year. And I don't know how many of you stuck, stuck with it, but I believe that the folks that did, they're blessed. And, and, and I'm looking out in the audience, ain't nobody starving. Ain't nobody homeless. God has provided. Maybe not everything you want just the way you want it, but God has been good to you. Honor him with the minimum 10%. A good, a good, a good idea, here's what you do. Here's, here's, here's a good uh, uh, a life financial plan. Pay God, pay yourself, which means save, and pay your debts, pay your bills. Pay God, pay yourself, and take care of your responsibility. It's a good model to live by. Amen. Number seven, I'm gonna do, do this real quick. Can I have another 10 minutes? I, I've gone over. Is it, can I have permission, please? Please, please, please beg. I'm begging, I'm begging. Determine spending habits. Determine spending habits. All right? This is big. If you're, if you're married, and you're, how many know there need to be what I call communication? Nobody should be like, who spent that? When you spend that? Communicate. Determine what your priorities are going to be. In order to do that, you have to be able to sit down and take a real good look. Some of us refuse to sit down and take a, a real good look at what it is. Just sit down and take a real big look and just say, okay, what we got? Write down every debt, every expense you had. Just look at it. You'd be shocked what you see. But you'd be just as shocked how God will bring you out if you apply these principles, because we're talking about getting out. Number, number eight, commit to live within your means. Commit to live within. What does it look like for you to live within your means? Listen to me, you can't have what the Joneses got. All right? I, I, I may like Brother Walter's, what did you got there, brother? That car you got, huh? That looked good to me, that candy apple red. That candy apple red looked red enough to me. It looks good. All right, so I'm about to use my pastoral authority. No, uh, and, uh, but you know what? That, I, if I can't afford it, I can't afford it. I got to be realistic with what I am. We got to make a decision. I can't, live without, I can't live outside of my means. I know for some of us that's really hard because if, 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 you, if you do a tally and you realize you got more expenses than what you're bringing in, that's what I call a clue. <laughs> if you if you I'm not you know if if you're bringing it listen if you got more expenses than you have money coming in to pay the expenses then that's a clue that means that you need to cut something back something need to be cut you need to do some work you need to do maybe something you really like hey maybe cable tv got to go Maybe cell phones got to go, or one or two of them. Maybe, I don't know for you. I mean, I'm just throwing things out there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Xbox, maybe the country club got to go. Maybe no more golf for me for another year or two. 
I don't know. You got to figure out what that is. But get to a place where you get within your means. Because, listen to me, you're going to be happier for it. Because you're not going to be happy for it when you're living outside your means. Because it comes back and bites you. Then number, number nine, we only got a couple more. Number nine, you got to save. Proverbs 21.20. This is a new, new living translation. It says, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. How many know, listen to me, y'all, did y'all know that was in the Bible? Yeah, some of y'all are like, that's in the scriptures? Yeah, it's in Proverbs. Look it up. So we need to have, listen to me, so save something. But pastor, I don't have nothing to save. Everybody, if you got a job, who got a job? Boy, that looked like just about every hand came up. So you know what? You can save something. Look, how many days in a year? So if you save a dollar a day, how much money will you have at the end of the year? And if you put it somewhere where we can get some interest on it, you might even have a little bit more than that. I don't care what your financial situation is, save something. Well, I only can save a, save a dollar. Say everybody should be saving something because let me tell you one of the reasons why people get in debt a lot of time because we have no savings. So when emergency situations come up, you have to go into debt to fix it. You hear, them, you, you hear me? Amen. I'm just being honest. So we got to save. So just work on it. Save. And, you know, if you don't, you don't trust yourself, just, you know, put it in my account. I'll, <laughs> I won't spend it. I'm a man of God. Okay. That, t- <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. <clears throat> Uh, number 10, this is the last one. Just be accountable. Be accountable. Be accountable. For you, I don't know, accountability. If you got a problem, listen to me. <laughs> if you got a problem with credit card, don't you even sniff one. Every time you see a credit card, you run in the opposite direction. Because you know the devil going to come, even if your credit is jacked up, you know the devil know how to get you a credit card. My wife was telling me this one time when she was in college. She said she had a college roommate. She said the girl had no, no credit. I don't know. I ain't going to say her name, but, but she just got credit cards. And my wife said she couldn't get nothing, you know, and, you know, I couldn't, she couldn't get, you know, it's like credit cards know how to find you. And if you got a problem signing a dotted line, be accountable. Hey, help me with this. Maybe your spouse, maybe one of you in the marriage is stronger than the other. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know. So we need to play off each other's strengths. So you know what, honey, you you can handle this because I got a problem here. And we need to be accountable. Make our, listen, accountability is a blessing. The Bible says the the wise at heart will learn and increase in learning. See, so so what I need to do is I need to make sure that if I'm really serious about getting getting out of debt, then I'm going to hold myself accountable. I, I may put some things in my life to help me to get there. But here's the point. It's not, listen, here's, I wrote this down, and we're done. The benefits of being out of debt, and everybody wants this. Better health. You like that? Say check. Peace of mind. Say check, check. <laughs> More flexibility for the things of God. Check, check. More of ability to give. And more vacation. <laughs> I figure I figured everybody, check, 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 check. Okay, great. Well, that's, that's it. Listen to me. And so let's, let's strive to be people to deal with this issue. And if you, are in, if you have some kind of debt, some debts are okay debts, long as you can manage it. But the idea is as much as possible, stay away from negative debt and bad money management. How many know that we can do so much more for God? But these principles I shared share with you this morning, if you apply these principles, you'll be free. I checked back with them about a year. I bet you'd be better. Amen. I bet you'd be better. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.